and welcome to another episode of She Speaks Stories. This is Portia. And this is Katie. And as usual, we are so excited uh, to be with you all. And we have been in a series called Meet the Team, where Mm -hmm. we are hearing stories from all of the beautiful women on our She Speaks Stories team. And we have another incredible story for you today. But before we introduce our team member, Lauren Terrell, who is so delightful, I want to just take a minute to remind all you beautiful listeners why we get so excited about sharing people's stories. You know, our tagline, we think stories change lives. We know that Every story matters. Your story matters. The stories of our team members, they matter. But sometimes to step back and really think about, okay, why? Mm -hmm. Why are our stories influential in the world? And I was reading this morning in a book that we actually recommended on our social media um, by Dr. Alicia Britt Scholey. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the name of it, Portia? You and I were talking about it. Yes, I never remember called, the name of books. It's called 40 Days of Decrease. And it's a great companion book if you are observing Lent, even if you're not observing Lent, but um, it's a great Lenten reading. And we we recommended it in our social media. We recommend books a lot um, mm-hmm. because books are filled with stories mm-hmm. <laughs> that change lives and, right. uh, and encourage us. But anyway, and Side note, I hope you're paying attention to the social media that Joyce and Julia, our new social media team, Mm -hmm. are putting out there in the world. You've heard their stories now if you've been listening to the team's stories. They're amazing women working hard just to call attention to things. Mm -hmm. So anyway, this book, 40 Days of Decrease, um, today she was talking, and, and it's about fasting and truthfully, I picked it up because I'm confused about fasting. I always have been. I don't really understand how um, skipping food makes me more spiritually close to Jesus when a lot of times it just makes me kind of crabby and hungry, (laughs) you know, and I'm like, ah, I know I'm supposed to fast. I don't quite get it. You know, I've been struggling with that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so this is kind of a different way to fast. Now she does bring up food, of course, Mm -hmm. but fasting from attitudes, fasting Mm -hmm. from the way we think, fasting Mm -hmm. from anyway. Oh, today was fasting from isolation. And bottom line, her point was, can we fast from the idea that our stories don't matter, that we're not influential in the world, that we're not uh it's not important to be connected with others. It's not important to have the courage to share our stories. Can we fast mm-hmm. from the idea of isolation? Because wow. that's the enemy at work. Our stories matter. Right. We are connected and we are influential. And the story she gave that excited my soul was um, in scripture, when Jesus is ministering, we often think of his miracles and encounters as like separate occasions, but to Mm -hmm. think of them entwined. So she's talking about blind Bartimaeus. 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 Yeah. How do you say his name, Portia? Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus. Okay. Blind Mm -hmm. Bartimaeus. Jesus heals him. Bartimaeus goes crazy, of course, jumps up and starts praising Jesus and immediately starts following Jesus. Mm -hmm. Well, Alicia points out Bartimaeus lived in the same town as Zacchaeus. Remember Zacchaeus, the wee little man, the wee little man is in a kind of sycamore tree. So she says, picture Zacchaeus, who was super rich because he was the tax collector. Bartimaeus mm-hmm. is super poor. He's a blind beggar. Okay, but they're both outcasts uh-huh. in the in this town they live in. They're both at, socially at the low caste, but very mm-hmm. different circumstances in a way. Okay. But picture Zacchaeus up in that tree. He's dying to see Jesus. Picture Jesus coming along with blind Bartimaeus 
praising Jesus and all the crowds around him. So excited because Bartimaeus is sharing his story left and right mm-hmm. with everyone. I, I was blind. Now I can see Jesus is amazing. Yeah. Zacchaeus is watching all this. Think of the impact that Bartimaeus's story wow. had on Zacchaeus up in that tree. I get goosebumps. And she's wow. like, your story matters. We are connected. So friends, that was a long introduction, but just a reminder, you might think your story is regular is, you know, really to have the courage to share your story matters because stories can give other people an excitement, a passion, a vision of what it means to follow Jesus. So keep that in mind as we introduce to you our guest today, Lauren. Terrell. Yay. Welcome, Lauren. Hello. Hello. Um, I think it would be important to say uh, your role on the team, Lauren. What is it that you do on the She Speaks Story team? Sure. So I am the photographer. So I take all the lovely photos of everyone. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) And she polishes a few when we ask her. Like, oh my gosh, some of those wrinkles out, Lauren. (laughs) No, no, you guys are beautiful. (laughs) No one needs no one needs photoshopping. (laughs) You're too kind. You're too kind. We love you, Lauren, and we're so grateful uh, when you come to our events and you're just bopping around with those photos. But uh, Portia, read read Lauren's bio and then we'll just jump right into her story. Okay, that sounds great. It only takes 30 seconds of chatting with Lauren to learn that she is bright, energetic, and loves the Lord. Like or unlike many of us, she is a planner. From the time she was a little girl, she knew she wanted to be an elementary school teacher, a wife, and a mom to two and a half kids by her mid-20s. As he often does, God had other plans. Lauren allowed herself to grieve the idea she had for her life and let Jesus take the wheel. If you are a single adult or know someone who is, you're going to want to listen in as Lauren describes her struggles and doubts. Absorb her words of wisdom as she has transformed her vision about what her life should look like. Wow. I am so ready for this. I'm so ready for this. And I love the way our story curators listen to stories and then write these bios. Right. I'm like, I want to listen to this one. I know. (laughs) But I have to, uh, before we even dive in, I have two questions about the bio that I'm dying to ask. First of all, how do you have two and a half kids? What's a half kid? (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Oh, who knows? (laughs) Who knows? Just a joke. Um, But the second thing I just want to emphasize, bright and energetic. Um, Mm -hmm. We had a live event, uh, which was our big book signing and podcast relaunch event. And of course, Lauren was there bright and energetic taking pictures. But we had an after party. (laughs) And I think I talked about it when we interviewed uh, Ashley Harrell, Mm -hmm. but I need to tell you that Lauren Terrell was at the after party too. And you talk about a charades player, right? (laughs) Energetic, smart. I mean, if when you come from a competitive family, you know, (laughs) you have to win. (laughs) You learn to play games. Did you win? It was was a close tie. (laughs) That's close time. Just a little background color for you there, uh, (laughs) listeners. Lauren is beautiful, gorgeous, smart, brilliant, and let's hear her story. So give us give us background. We like Mm -hmm. the backstory first. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, So uh, I grew up um, mostly in the, I guess, the Virginia area, but prior to that, moved around a little bit um, from Texas. Roots are in Texas. but with my dad's job, we moved to a few different places, but kind of ended up in Virginia. And that's where I stayed for, you know, most of our part of elementary, middle, high school, ended up going to college here, um, doing my undergrad and my master's. Uh, my family, my parents ended up moving back to Texas, uh, but I ended up staying. Uh, and that's where I kind of uh, got my first teaching job uh, back at my alma mater. So 
that's kind of fun. Um, I'm not an elementary school teacher. Uh, surprise, surprise. Uh, yeah, that's a little bit of plot twist. I am a high school teacher, uh, complete opposite of elementary school, but um, life's full of surprises, you know, never thought I'd be a high school teacher, but I love the kids. I love my job. Um, even in the midst of these past few years, which have been mm-hmm. quite wild. Um, you know, it's been, it's been definitely, um, really fun to experience. So was yeah. it your first full year of teaching? Um, was it during COVID or did you have a couple of years under your belt? Oh no. So I've been teaching for six years. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, thankfully, I don't know how the first year teachers teaching during COVID did it. Um, I'm surprised they're still teaching <laughs> uh, if they are, uh, if they are. kudos to them. Cause that was definitely uh, a very fun <laughs> year to wow. teach it. Um, two questions. Sure. Well, actually three, uh, <laughs> I want to ask questions about your teaching job, but back to your childhood, just quickly, what, what was your faith story growing sure. up? Mm-hmm. So, um, I've been going to church since the womb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I've definitely grown up in church. Church has always been something that's been very important to our family. Um, my parents did a really good job of, you know, bringing us to a church and uh, getting us involved in kids ministry, student ministry. I'm also a very independent, self-driven person. So um, and very extroverted. So I always found my place uh, wherever need be inside the church. Um, so I had a really good, uh, group of girls that was my devotional group, uh, throughout middle school and high school. And I think that in itself helped, uh, ground me for going into college. Uh, cause a lot of times you see, you know, high school students leave for college and that's kind of where they discover, oh, uh, you know, what is church? And then they just take it or leave it. Um, mm-hmm. but I kind of, you know, really grounded myself in finding a group um, on my college campus with the Baptist Collegiate Ministries and found a really good group of um, college students to really ground my faith and explore, you know, who is Jesus to me and really Mm -hmm. take on a personal relationship and have to do it myself because there was nobody there like telling me, oh, okay, you need to do this, you need to do Mm -hmm. that um, and really take a leadership role in that campus ministry, which then, you know, again, you know, after leaving college, you know, finding myself rooted in um, my relationship with Christ. Um, and then where I'm at now, you know, has all just been one continuous growing relationship with um, Jesus. But so mm-hmm. important who you surround yourself. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Cause like you. the people, the, the girls that I was, um, in high school with and middle school, my, my devotional group, we're still really good friends, even to today, even Mm -hmm. in, and my group in college, um, my roommates, we are all still really good friends and we Mm -hmm. all hold ourselves accountable. Um, so yeah, it's really just depends on who you're surrounding yourself with and find your people. You said that you were anchored while you were exploring who is Jesus to me. Yeah. Like in making your, your faith personal to you, not that you didn't have faith before, but if listeners, you, you got to know if you haven't experienced it yet, you will, where you got to figure this out. Do I believe what I believe? Cause I believe it. Or do I mm-hmm. believe it because someone told me to believe it? Right. And so right. I think it is super important to, to highlight that you anchored yourself while you were going through this journey. Right. So it, it, you it weren't just personal. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. And it, the idea of good friends that surround you, it is a gift from God, but it's also an intentionality. Uh, it's also both you seeking out mm-hmm. those who can help build your faith while thanking God for sending good friends. So that's mm-hmm. just an encouragement, listeners. Uh, y- you will be known by the company you keep. Your faith mm-hmm. will grow and expand mm-hmm. or shrink and shrivel. Um in, in one sense, by who's influencing you? Who are you talking to? Who are you knit together uh, with? So seek out those good friends. Okay. I know that's <laughs> off track because now back to your teaching job. Mm-hmm. Um, you teach Spanish. 
I do. And not only are you surprised that you're a high school teacher, but did you always want to teach Spanish? No. So um, high school was never on the path. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, That was never the goal. So ever since I was a little kid, I've always wanted to, I knew I wanted to be a teacher, right? So Mm -hmm. I was that kid that when I played with my friends, we'd play school (laughs) and I would be the teacher. Uh, So it wasn't until college that I realized, oh, in order to be an elementary school teacher, you have to major in something, right? Mm -hmm. So, and you could be whatever you wanted, but I didn't really know what I wanted to major in. Um, I just knew I wanted to teach elementary school. So I started taking some classes and we were required to take a language at um, my university. So I decided to take Spanish because that's what I took in high school mm-hmm. and I loved it. I was like, oh, this is like a really fun class. I'm, you know, pretty decent at it. It's something that I enjoy. Sure. Why not? Let's just let's just major in Spanish. You you can do whatever you want with it. You know, you don't have to teach Spanish. You just mm-hmm. have to major in something. Right. So I decided to do that. Um, and then my junior year, when it came time to meet with the education advisor, which is different from my other advisor, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, here's all the classes I've taken. Um, I'm, I'm on the right path because I want to do elementary school education. And they're like, you have not taken the right classes <laughs> to be on the elementary school path. Uh, you have taken the wrong classes. So you have to do either an entire like semester and a half to take the prereqs in order to do elementary education, or you can just continue on with your pre-K through 12, mm-hmm. like secondary Spanish education. Um so I was like, wow, okay, well, okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> a little detour in the road. All right. I was like, I don't really want to add on another like semester and a half. I mm-hmm. wanted to graduate on time. So I was like, I guess I'm going to be a high school or middle school Spanish teacher. Uh, I didn't really want to teach middle school. So I was like, I guess I'm going to be a high school Spanish teacher. I tell you, I never even stepped into like a middle school or a high school class before yeah. then. All of my like practicum and hours had been in elementary school like hours and hours and hours. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was like, okay, I guess we're going to do high school and, you know, starting to amp myself up about it. All right. It's going to be fine. You can teach Spanish one. Uh, Just so the listeners know, like nobody in my family speaks Spanish. I'm not a native speaker. We have no Hispanic heritage at all. So Mm -hmm. it's just me like trying to learn Spanish on my own. Uh, (laughs) I "I can just teach Spanish one. It'll be fine. Um, so anyway, fast forward a couple of years, I ended up graduating with my master's um, in pre-K through 12 education uh, with a concentration in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And we had to, with our master's program, apply to schools in Virginia because we had to do the interview day. Mm-hmm. Uh, my plan was just to move back to Houston because my parents had just moved there. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I'll move back there. I'll get a job there. It'll be mm-hmm. fine. I'll just apply to one school district in Virginia because I have to. So if I have to, I might as well just apply to Stafford because that's where I'm from. So mm-hmm. I applied there and literally the next day I got a call from the high school that I went to <laughs> and they're like, Hey, we have a Spanish opening. Would you like to set up an interview for next week? And I was like, uh, sure. <laughs> so I, I interviewed and they hired me immediately. And I was like, oh, no, what am no I supposed way. to do? Like, I wasn't supposed to, I wasn't supposed to stay in Virginia. I'm supposed to move. And so now I have this, you know, doubt of like, oh, yay, I got a job, but also this is not the plan. And mm-hmm. I'm like scared because am I going to make the wrong decision? Should I move back? Should I move up here? But if I move up here, like none of my family lives here anymore. I'll be by myself. Of course, I still have like family friends up here and right. friends left in the area, but you know, it's different. You're in, like, you're not moving back into the house that you grew up mm-hmm. in. You're moving into, you know, an apartment <laughs> or something right. like that. Hey. So hey. yeah. Yeah. So I ended up taking the job and I was like, I'll just take the job. I'll be there a year, get experience because that's the problem is a lot of the schools in Texas wanted a year of experience before they would hire you. And I'm like, 
I thought there was a teacher shortage. <laughs> like, <laughs> what do you mean you yeah. need a year of experience? So yeah. I was like, I'll just, I'll just work there for a year. It'll be fine. And then we'll reevaluate. Well, here we are six years later. Yeah. <laughs> um, often happens. Yes, I am still here. And honestly, I love it. The school mm-hmm. is awesome to work at. The administration is so good. Um, and my students are incredible. So, I mean, I couldn't really ask for more. It's a really great place to work. So, yeah. I love, I love that you're um, you're doing a really good job. Some people might call it following breadcrumb, following the breadcrumbs, just going where the doors are open. Um, because I think sometimes, especially people who are followers of Jesus, that sometimes we make it super complicated to follow his will. We're like, mm-hmm. okay, so if you could just set up the burning bush, God, and tell me, exactly what to do that would be cool right and um and sometimes god does give us a very specific direction of do mm-hmm. this and you know this is what you're supposed to do and other times it's just like do you want to do that <laughs> yeah i will bless you because he says he's going to be with us wherever yes. we go um i had a, a good family friend tell me once and he said if you don't have a direct word from the lord if it's not sin make a choice and God is going to be with because mm-hmm. he promises to be with us. And mm-hmm. he's so he, God, is so good and kind that if we get way off track, he will adjust us to where we need to be. I mean, God is mm-hmm. very good at closing doors and closing opportunities. Um, I would say it was apparent that at that time you were not supposed to be in Texas. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, the doors would have opened for you to have been in Texas. Mm-hmm. Just oh, yeah. as an observer to your story. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, in hindsight, I mean, of course. Look, yeah, you look hindsight, back and I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. But exactly. at the moment, you're like, what, what do I do? But I, I, and Portia, that my thoughts are running exactly with your thoughts about mm-hmm. because Lauren, um, your bio said you're a planner. Oh, yeah. So you had all these plans, elementary school teacher, and then later, you know, oh, no. And then plans, I will move back to town. And then, oh, no, you know, and nothing wrong with planning, but holding the plans lightly. And wow, did God have some better plans. And to hear how much you love your job mm-hmm. and you love being here. And I know you bought your own house and mm-hmm. it's all mm-hmm. cute and remodeled and you're just kind of love and life, <laughs> the way that God, um, like you said, Portia opened, open doors and Lauren, you didn't freak out and go, no, no, I have to have my way. That's not the plan. Hmm. And you didn't freak out like, Oh, now you had legit questions. Yeah. Oh, is this right? Should I do this? Um, mm-hmm. walking in the flow of the spirit and Portia, I love the way you said, Hey, he said, he's going to be with this. The analogy mm-hmm. I heard the other day that I loved is we, when we pray for God's will and direction in our life, we want him to give us a roadmap. We Mm -hmm. want him to say, okay, you're here right now. And here are the directions for you to get over here where I really want you. And we want a map. And he says, you don't need a map. Or I'm writing my own map. (laughs) (laughs) Or or we want to make our own map. Like this is where I want to be in 10 years. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. here's where I need to go. And I feel like God says, you don't need a map, either one given from me to you or you drawing your own because I'm in the car with you. Why would Mm -hmm. you need a map? Mm -hmm. I'm driving. Sometimes you think you're driving and I'm just in the passenger seat, but really I'm driving and I know the way. Right. I know the way. Mm-hmm. So just trust me. So I, your life is kind of a picture of that, Lauren. Um, <laughs> he's with you and he's, he's driving the car. I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's fast forward now. You've been teaching now for six years. Mm-hmm. You love it. Um, I'm not great at math. How, how old would you be at this point? So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm 29 right now. Okay. Yep. Yep. So we are in our last few months of my twenties. Woohoo. Yeah. 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 No, it's good. It's good. So yeah. Fast forward now. Um, like, uh, Katie mentioned, yeah, I moved out of my apartment. I bought my own house. Uh, so we're just kind of taking 
each day with a, with a stride and just seeing like what God has in store for me, um, without having to know every single detail of every minute of every day of every year. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. but honestly, it's not always been like that because like you said, I've been a planner. So did I see myself here like five years ago Mm, or even, you know, two years ago, probably not. (laughs) Um, yeah, as kind of mentioned in my bio, yeah, I had this plan of, oh, by 24, get married, 26, you know, you have your first kid, 28, mm-hmm. we're having my second kid, you're living in, you know, a house, white, the, the fence, the yard, mm-hmm. the everything. Um, well, it's not quite turned out like mm-hmm. I had expected. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So <laughs> the, the, I guess the big, I don't know, I guess it's kind of like the taboo word of single, but a singleness. Um, Mm -hmm. When you hear the word single, people tend to go, uh, or they talk about people that are single and they're like, oh, well, who are you dating? Or Mm -hmm. why aren't you dating? Or why aren't you married yet? You know, Mm -hmm. you're like the perfect wife. Um, And that's like something that has definitely been on my heart for like the past, um, definitely a few years. It's something that, you know, I always saw myself as being married, but here I am like approaching 30 and mm-hmm. <laughs> no prospects mm-hmm. in sight. <laughs> um, yeah. so there's been a point where, you know, actually it's, there's been many points where you go through this process of like grieving and like, what is, what is God's plan for me? If I'm not like married, like, have I not, am I like not good enough to be mm-hmm. married? Um, am I not doing something right? Uh, and that has been kind of my like story, um, or my thought process this past, really this past year when I've really kind of seen growth in that, um, and changing my perspective and changing my, uh, mindset on what is, what does it mean to live a single life, um, mm-hmm. and to flourish, flourish in it and to, right not just be content, but really be celebrating it. Um, and being seen as something that is really good, um, and cherished. Um, whereas the world is constantly telling you, no, <laughs> it's not good yeah. to be single. You need to yeah. be with somebody, you need to have a relationship. Um, mm-hmm. and definitely has been on my heart, um, especially for, um, so many people that are single out in the world, um, that mm-hmm. are really struggling with, needing to be in a relationship. And because my mindset and perspective has changed, I can see so many, I can see so much more in how people are hurting because of what society Mm -hmm. is telling them. And then this, this world, the society where we have to be in a relationship. Um, And so I guess it kind of, for me, growth really happened when I started listening to um, a podcast, Mm -hmm. um, her name is Yana Janae, and she is amazing. Uh, I really would love to meet her in person. So if she listens to this, <laughs> uh, Yana, I really want to come meet you. Her podcast <laughs> is called uh, Living Single. So I, I definitely want to give her credit because um, her podcast has really changed my life um, mm-hmm. for the better. Um, and she does a whole entire thing on what it means to be living single and moving from content, uh, being content to celebrating um, singleness. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I've been. Um, and the, I think the biggest takeaway, I think my mindset really changed was when I was hearing the, she mentioned that a lot of times we see, um, actually it might've been a guest speaker on her show called Elizabeth Woodson. She said, a lot of times we see singleness as JV, the JV team. Uh and marriage Mm. as the varsity team, as if we're, we're missing out on something that we're, we're this like lower than, Mm. um, than married people and that we Mm. can't contribute to society unless we're married. Mm. Um, and that in itself was like, oh oh my gosh, like that is exactly how I've been feeling Mm -hmm. all like I've been a bridesmaid or maid of honor in 10 weddings, y'all 10. Yeah. Yeah. 10 weddings. (laughs) Yes. Almost all of my friends are married. Um, 
<laughs> when I say I know the wedding scene very well, I, yeah. yes, I do. Uh, I'm starting to look like, what's that uh, movie? 27 dresses. 27 dresses. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it start in that closet behind me. <laughs> 27 dresses. So um, to say the least, yeah, it was, I was definitely on the, the struggle bus for a while. I mean, just going to, I think once I got past like six weddings, going to weddings and being in weddings is always mm-hmm. so fun. Like, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. I love it. I love my friends, but I always had to really give myself a good pep talk before going, because every time I went it, there was just always this, this weight on me to know, mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm not there yet. This isn't mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, and just in the past year, um, really listening to this podcast and letting, you know, God speak to me and the fact that, you know, you're not less than, and right. the lot like media and society and culture and church are feeding you lies, mm-hmm. lies about what it means to actually be single. I think one of the big things that, um, the church does a disservice to is single people because yeah. there's so focused. And I mean, it's not a bad thing to be focused on families, but I mean, you're totally like alienating an entire group of people who are so willing and ready and want to be involved in a church, but they just don't know what to do with us because we're not married. We don't have families. We don't have kids. Um, So a lot of the times it just feels disheartening Um, Mm. just in, in sermons when people, when like a pastor starts talking about like, Oh, well, you know, with your spouse or with your family or your kids, I'm like, well, I don't, I don't have mm-hmm. any of those. Like, right. okay, what, what about me? Like, what, what about this whole entire group? You're, you're basically saying that in order to like grow with Jesus, you need to be married. And mm-hmm. one, like God never promises us marriage. It's not mm-hmm. biblical at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that in itself, realizing that God doesn't promise us marriage is mm-hmm. also something that I've had to struggle and grieve with as well going, okay, all right. Mm -hmm. God may never promise me, promise um, me marriage. And Mm -hmm. that's going to be okay because God has also promised me um, an abundant life. If I follow, if I, you know, lean into him Mm -hmm. and to look back and see, oh my gosh, you're right. Like God has blessed me so much with, you know, being able to get a house in mid pandemic. (laughs) like, and, and a job and surrounded me with friends who are there to support and love on me. Um, Mm -hmm. but I was so stuck in like this space of, no, I have to like, I have to be pursuing marriage. I have to Mm -hmm. make myself better for marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just, it's a very skewed mindset to have, um, rather focusing on, what God has called me to be and, Mm -hmm. um, for me to be really focusing my relationship with him. And really it's about the, it's about the control, right? I want to control everything. I'm the planner. I want, I want to plan out how my life is supposed to go. Um, but really stepping back and being put in the passenger seat instead of the driver's seat, (laughs) (laughs) right. I gotta, I gotta sit back and be like, all right, you are the one leading my life and wherever you're Mm -hmm you're saying I should go is where I should go. I'm not mm-hmm. going to be putting all my time and focus into like, cause I have, I've like, you know, I've done the online dating yeah. I've done, you know, been set up by friends. Mm-hmm. I I've been in a long-term relationship that I thought was going to lead to marriage and didn't. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I've gone through the stage of being disgruntled and like mm-hmm. really, um, just not like any, not liking anything about dating and just mm-hmm. being really uh, bitter towards any relationship um, and slowly moved out of that. Now, not mm-hmm. to say that I'm like perfect and I but don't I, go back sure. into this. <laughs> there is, yeah. but having the big picture of like, no, like my life is so good. And there's so many things mm-hmm. that I can do with my single life. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess I, I just want, I would love to change the conversation about Mm -hmm. the word single and it not to be this cringy, like word, (laughs) like let's not talk about singleness. Um, and it to be like something that we really 
um, come to, to, to really appreciate, um, and that to really love on our single people. Now it's not to say that, you know, I wouldn't love, I mean, if you, if you have somebody in mind for me, Hey, you know, (laughs) by all means, I'm open open to that, but I also, I would love, because this, this podcast isn't just for single people. Single people don't need to listen to this, mm-hmm. just listen to this, but for marrieds as well. Yeah. I think it's something that everybody should be aware of and should know mm-hmm. that singleness is not just a, a preparation stage for marriage. Right. Amen. Right. Singleness is a very full, it can be a yes. very full and enjoyable part of life, whether it's your entire adult life mm-hmm. or it's just a season in your adult life, or you're single again, because that also, there are those Amen. that were married and they're not now. And so they are single again. And so that is a whole other nuance of singleness, but there still can be fullness. I love what you said, Lauren, about that Jesus said he came to give us life and life more abundantly. And that's not contingent on whether or not you're married. Mm-hmm. Hashtag Jesus wasn't married. Amen. Exactly. Um, Okay, should we go down the list? The Apostle Paul was not married and said, actually, it's Mm -hmm. better if you're not, because if you're not, then your whole concerns are, how can you please the Lord? But when you are married, your concerns are divided of how can I please my spouse? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. he's not wrong. Hear me, husband, if you're listening to this, I love you. And But my attention is divided between my husband and our children and all of these other people that we are Mm. responsible for. And I remember being single. um, I was single all of my 20s. I did not get married until I was 31. And and there were seasons when I did it well, Lauren. And then there were seasons when I didn't do it so well. But in the seasons when I did it well, which, you know, ebbed and flowed, that's life, right? Um, It was when I was just focused on, okay, God, I don't have to control this. I can't control this. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to run after you. And I'm going to run after you with people who are like-minded. What can we do? Mm -hmm. I traveled. I bought a house. I got degrees. I I excelled in my career path. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. I did things. And I'm so glad that I wasn't just constantly, what am I going to do on a Friday night? Who's going to, I would have missed out on some amazing opportunities and relationships if I just stayed. And I have to wait. I can't start my life until I have a partner. Oh yeah. That, mm, that's Mm. so good because that was literally like what I was thinking is like, I am just waiting on Mm -hmm. to be married. I'm waiting to buy a house until I'm married because who, Mm -hmm. what single person buys a house? Like, Mm -hmm. no, like, why am I waiting on something that God doesn't want that God doesn't promise me. And I'm Mm -hmm. just going to sit and become bitter and envious Mm -hmm. and jealous of my friends that are married. Mm -hmm. And what kind of life is that? Right. Right. To just turn that bitterness and jealousy into envy and then living in a life of discontent, discontent. Right. Right. That's not what he's called us to. I have goosebumps and I'm praying every married, single, divorced widow is listening (laughs) to the wisdom here, I, because really the key word is perspective. And that's mm-hmm. what you said, Lauren, you yeah. changed your perspective instead of focusing on what you didn't have, that maybe the world and even the church is putting mm-hmm. on you that you should have mm-hmm. changing the perspective. No, I'm done looking at that. Mm-hmm. I don't even have control over that. Right. And because I my perspective, what I do have. I'm not going to have this scarcity yeah. mentality and this waiting mentality. I'm going to have this abundant mentality and focus on look at what the Lord has done. And I love Portia that you mentioned the apostle Paul, because Lauren, you said the church sometimes inadvertently, and I, we know yeah. you're not yeah. saying, you yeah. know, they do <laughs> but inadvertently it, and it's not even biblical. What yeah. is biblical? I love that Portia, Jesus was not married. The apostle Paul mm-hmm. literally said, mm-hmm. it really is better for you mm-hmm. <laughs> in a way not to be married. He said, I don't prohibit anybody from being married. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. cool too. But mm-hmm. so what is biblical in this idea? Mm-hmm. Singleness is applauded 
by the apostle Paul who wrote most of the new Testament. Mm -hmm. So why would we not celebrate? And I like, Mm -hmm. again, perspective from, okay, content, but how about moving to even celebrating? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. It's a perspective. And listeners, this is how stories change lives. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. You hear someone else's story and how God right. took them through dark times and honest wrestling. Lauren, mm-hmm. here's what I love about you, your courage to share your honest dark mm-hmm. times. You're, mm-hmm. you're not trying to put this like mm-hmm. glowy spin mm-hmm. on everything you said. You had some dark times where you really did struggle with. I'm on the JV or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, honest. And real about the mental and emotional struggles with mm-hmm. it all. Mm-hmm. And yet pressing forward, right. letting, letting God speak to you, pursuing wisdom right. that you might renew your mind mm-hmm. and be transformed. Uh, mm-hmm. right? Right, oh, right? Right. Love this story. Well, and it's refreshing. I mean, I hope the listeners here, you know, find it that our single find it refreshing because it's how often do you hear like the podcast about singleness and the podcast people, the hosts are married and you're like, yeah. okay, well you're mm-hmm. married. You're not really in my stage of life. Y'all I'm single. And mm-hmm. for sure, guys, we can celebrate, we can celebrate, we can find joy in it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's not going to happen overnight. And like I said, yeah. it's, a, it's a roller coaster of emotions all the time, but sure. to know that, you know, each day, you know, God is, shows me just a little bit more each day. And I'm able to look back as well mm-hmm. and see, you know, his plan and his directions, right. And how he has controlled everything um, mm-hmm. that has led me up to this point. And it, yeah, obviously there's some really, really hard parts, but man, has it been, has it been good? Like everything yeah. has been working for good. Yeah. Um, which is easy to say now looking back, <laughs> who knows yeah. what the future is going to hold, but right. to know, you know, that, you know, the life that I'm living now mm-hmm. and in my singleness has, has purpose, right. um, I'm here for a purpose. I'm not just in a waiting period. Right. And I can really Absolutely. purposely live mm. for in this time for what God has called me to do. Um, and there yeah. has been so many things, for example, like I just picked up a new class um, that I'm teaching of learn and serve, which is a, a community service class. Really amazing. But man, is it a lot of work and a lot of after school hours, which I would not have been able to do if I was married and I had two and a half kids. So right. <laughs> especially that half kid, that, especially that half kid right? Right. So I'm just saying that, I mean, those little things, me going down to visit um, my two brothers, their wives and their kids just randomly mm-hmm. on a weekend. I couldn't do that. Right. Um, you know, going out and meeting up with friends, planning activities, spur of the mm-hmm. moment things. Mm-hmm. Um, even like having my parents here, I would have had to ask my, you know, husband or whatever, yeah. or who knows if we would even be living here. So, right. Um, and you're in a choir, aren't you in a community choir? And yeah. Yeah. I sing in a choir. And, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Such a rich, abundant yeah. It's a rich, it's a rich life. And I, and I love that you're doing that of you're like, I'm open. I'm, I'm open. You know, God, yeah. if you bring someone, someone wants sure. to fix me up, whatever I'm open, but you're not allowing that openness to prevent you from living life. Right. You're living I, I, purposefully. Amen. You're living fully, mm. um, wholly surrendered to the Lord in his direction and having so much fun along the way. And then also, you know, there are valleys in life. You're walking through those. But I think sometimes we think it's tempting to think because I have this expectation or I have this hope that is going to prevent me from doing I'm, I'm being dishonest or disloyal to my hope by continuing my life. Shouldn't right. I just be like guarding the expectation and the hope and petting it and looking at it and focusing on it and everything should be for that end. And I don't believe that's the case. 
Um, yeah. I mean, think about the child who longs to be an adult, which that kind of was me, um, who wanted to be an adult so badly, but they didn't focus on the childlike things mm-hmm. that are appropriate for a child to do. That is not going to be a well-adjusted adult. Right. If you skip out where you are, then if and when you get the thing you want, you're going to be missing a necessary part of your, what makes you whole. So Mm -hmm. you gotta be all in to wherever you are right now. Because even Paul said, he goes, if you're single, don't rush to be married. If you're married, don't rush to be single. Like, don't be so quick to change your station in life. Be where God has placed you. Um, Amen. Man, this just gets me fired up. <laughs> yes. Oh, so good. Yeah. Well said, Portia. Well said. Woo. Yeah. Okay. We have to. Okay. So Lauren, what <laughs> advice? <laughs> we could talk. And, and, you, and you've done this. You've done this. You've given some advice to single people, but I especially would love for you to talk to like the well-meaning married friends and the family um, of like, what would you say to them? Because it's not out of ill motive that people are saying the types of things that they say, why aren't you married? When are you getting married? But what would you, what would you say to them? Please remember. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's it. That's a really a good question. Um, So one, I would just say, celebrate the time that we're in, Uh, be there to encourage and lift us up and to not always just focus on the, okay, uh, what about when you're married or what about the next step, the relationship? Um, so really just coming alongside us and celebrating the life that we're in. Um, but also, you know, asking us, Hey, would, are you open to, you know, me finding somebody for you or something like that? Like, we're okay with that. We are. Um, I definitely seriously, I thought that was annoying. I mean, I would ask the person, I definitely would ask them and be like, Hey, uh, are you interested in this or no? And then move on from it. If they say yes, great. If they say no, and then, and then just, Hey, I got the perfect guy for you, but say, Hey, would you ever be open to Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Okay. That's good advice. I mean, obviously it depends on the person, but like (laughs) I'm there. I think one thing, just stop. I would say, stop asking why aren't you married or why aren't you in a relationship? Y'all I get this question so much from people from church. church, I'm sure. Oh, from the church all the time, all the time. So please, please stop asking us that question because it's, it's not beneficial. At no, all. that is because not you could just go get beneficial. married. And what do they expect you to I, answer? I was like, if we preach to let God control our lives, then why are we asking that question? Yeah, exactly. that really That's is so a horrible question. My my Molly is 32, 33. And yeah, people, yeah. relatives, <laughs> people in mm-hmm. church, friends. I'm like, can you just it's like stop? the small talk question? For the category of when you're talking to someone who's single. I know. I know. Get so a better you're, question. If you're Get like, a I better like we have we have more to offer than Hello. Who, than yeah. our booty. How about your like, love life with Jesus going? Or how about wait, wait, yeah, wait. What are your did you just say we have more to offer in life than our boo? Because yeah. if you did, I just wanted to highlight it again because I wanted everybody to hear it. Oh yeah. I, I sure did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh, but it's so true. It's so true. Oh, you Lauren, you are delighted. You're welcome. Honey, <laughs> if you could leave our listeners just with one thought, what would it be? Oh, man. So I've been thinking about this a lot because there's so many thoughts. But honestly, live each day to its fullest with your eyes on God. Come on. Stop, stop hey. trying to plan your life 20 years down the road, 10 hey, years, man. five years down the road. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but like, really living each day to the fullest and keeping your perspective on God. Like that is really what's going to, I mean, change your life and let your life be abundant and full and fill you with joy and free and free. Uh, Yes. The weight that's lifted off your shoulders. The weight. I, I read a George McDonald quote and I won't quote it exactly. I wish I had it on me. It was something like no man buckles under the weight of today. Mm. Um, 
what buckles a man, keep in mind, George McDonald lived way back, so he uses his language that we're not used to. What buckles a man is when he adds the weight of all the tomorrows to the weight of today. And that sinks a man. And, and the idea is exactly what you just said, Lauren. I'll find that quote and put it in the notes so it's, it's more lyrical than that. But the idea that today has enough trouble of its own and it mm-hmm. has enough gifts mm-hmm. of its oh, own. Oh, it's good. Why? Mm-hmm. Why can't we receive the gifts? Rejoice. Yes, pray about the troubles that today brings, but mm-hmm. then receive the good gifts and mm-hmm. be fully present in today. Mm-hmm. And a lot of our anxieties, a lot of our depression, a lot of our, uh, you know, weirdness with God, like, why, why haven't you answered my prayers yet? God, uh, this is what I wanted and you're not bringing it and la, la, la. Mm-hmm. A lot of that would just slough off us. Slough? Slough is not a word. <laughs> you know, flow off us. And we'd be more free and more abundant um, if we lived in the present, mm-hmm. because that's all we really have. Forget about the past. You've already lived it mm-hmm. and you can't live in the future. You don't know what's coming. Uh, anyway, lots of cliches that we could throw out there, but Lauren, thank you mm-hmm. because yeah. your life and where you're at right now gives us a picture of exactly what your final thought would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Celebrate today. Live yeah, in love that. Mm-hmm. love that. It's so moving from contentment to celebration. Celebration. I love that so much. That's tattooable. It is. Uh, You can think again, Yana Janae said that, so I can't take credit, but seriously, it's, it's so true. It's so true. And that's true for wherever you are. Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah. It's true for wherever you are. Any stage of life. Lauren, Mm -hmm. this was so good. Thank you so much. This is. I had fun. Yeah. I could talk about this for a while. So yeah, this is good. <laughs> and I'm glad that your uh, listeners before every episode, one of the things we often pray is that we pray for those that are going to hear this. Um, side note, Jesus modeled this in John 17. He prayed for those that were going to hear the message of the gospel from the apostles and subsequent people. So we pray for you because we believe fully And when you are hearing the story, when you're hearing Lauren's story, it is for right now. You needed to hear it. And I am just so excited and full of faith, knowing that lives will be impacted um, today for sharing. And yes, it's just so good. It's just so, so, so good. Listeners, we love you so much. And um, hey, let us know what you think. Give us your thoughts. Send a high five or a cheer in um, on our socials or send us a message on our website on what you heard from Lauren that impacted you because we know that it did. We really would love that. We would love some feedback because listeners, like Portia said, we do pray for you and we love mm-hmm. you. And it, many of you are like, well, do you even know us? Kind of. We're, we're sisters in the family of God or mm-hmm. we're fellow so- sojourners on earth. If you haven't um, committed your heart and life, to the Lord and and become part of his family, but you're curious, you're interested, you're you're being wooed. Um we're for you. Yeah. And we do love you. So thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye.